and I, when I started praying for this meeting, I just stepped into my office and immediately it was like, I felt such a gratitude for the Lord, just that he's there, just that he cares, just that he would look down upon us and see fit to give us exactly the strength, the encouragement, the grace that we need for where we are at this moment. And that he always comes through every time. We don't always, but he always does. When I was praying beforehand, I, I prayed, Lord, <clears throat> please encourage your people tonight. I was feeling that when I was praying. God, I feel the courage, I feel the strength. That's what encourage means, is to bring courage. You don't really need courage if you're not gonna face a battle. Amen, nobody says, well, it's a balmy afternoon, I think I'll take a nap, let's pray for courage. We don't need encouragement except for the fact that there are things in front of us that we need God for. And it's good that it's so, so that we don't become too self-sufficient and lose sight of the reality of how much we need him. I thought about where it talks about in Acts where it says Paul went through the, the cities and he strengthened the disciples and he encouraged them saying, through many trials and tribulations, we must enter the kingdom. Or some translations say, it is necessary for us to go through much tribulation in order to enter the kingdom. And that's not exactly maybe what we think of as a word of encouragement, is it? I have encouragement for you, brothers. This is gonna be really tough. But why is that a word of encouragement? Why does that strengthen the souls of the disciples for him to tell them that? This is gonna be really hard. Why is that a word of encouragement? Yeah, if you look at the context, Paul had just been stoned and left for dead and all kinds of things were going on. They're already in the midst of the trials and he's telling them, this is how you get to the kingdom. This is how we get in. This is life, this is reality. But what he's saying is, there's a reason for what we're going through. This has a purpose, even if it seems like you said, it's illogical, doesn't make sense, it doesn't seem like the path. This level of surrender didn't seem necessary to me, yet the things that we go through are accomplishing for us an entrance into the kingdom of God. If that's not the case, then we're of all men most to be pitied, aren't we? <laughs> because we're gonna have those struggles. Paul referred to it again when he was writing to Timothy. Amen, and he says, for you know what happened to me. You've seen what's happened in my life, my, the long suffering, the love, the perseverance, the persecutions, the afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra. It's the same cities that he went through with this word, Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. What persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. There it is again, the promise. Then he writes to the Thessalonians and he says, He's worried about them and he tells them that when they could endure it no longer, they sent them Timothy. And he said, we sent him to you to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith, that no one should be shaken by these afflictions, for you yourselves know that we are appointed to this. For in fact, we told you before when we were with you that we would suffer tribulation just as it has now happened, as you well know. 
he says. He's saying, remember, I told you it was going to be this way. You remember somebody else who said that? Jesus said that. Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation, but take heart or take courage. I have overcome the world. We would like for that verse to say, in this world there are tribulations, but take heart because I've already overcome those for you. But no, the promise is in this world you will have tribulation, but take heart because I have overcome the world. I've already made a path before you. I've put steps in front of you that you can walk in so that you can see the way through those things when they happen. So God's version of a word of encouragement is sometimes different than ours. You will know this passage in Hebrews 12, and you're probably already thinking of it, but listen to the context of this. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, who's he talking about? He's talking about all the heroes of faith that he's just listed in, in chapter 11, right? He's talking about people, he's, he's, these are the people who were tortured. These are those who were lived in holes in the ground. These are people who were sawn in two. It's a pretty long list of terrible things, actually. But these are, these are the witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. What do we need in order to go through the tribulations or the trials or the hard things that we face? When you're getting ready for a, a trial, what do you pray for? Do you say, I need to think really hard. I need to sharpen up my mental skills so that I can make it through this. Well, some people actually do approach things that way. I just need to somehow keep my head about me and that's going to get me through. Or do you go to the gym and exercise? Some people do that too because they plan to wrestle with flesh and blood and that's their way of getting through things. But it's not our way, is it? We pray for the Lord to strengthen our hearts. We know that what we got to have is the right heart, the right feeling, the right attitude. And if we have that, we're going to make it through. So he says, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. I'll tell you that I have... I kind of always thought of that scripture like it was talking about my struggle with my own sin. You know what I mean? Like, I need to deal with my sins. I guess I need to wrestle harder. And I need to not give up in my battle against all the sins that he just has mentioned. They so easily entangle me. And yet, and I do believe it means that. And yet, given the context here, he's just talked about Jesus who endured such oppositions from sinful men against himself. He's also talking here about the sins of others. He's saying, in your struggle against sin, whatever shape that takes, whether it's in your life or in the life of somebody else, this is the big enemy, isn't it? That so easily entangles all of us, 
It's the sins that we commit, yes, but it's also the sins that other people commit. They lay stumbling stones in front of us. They put us through things. Or maybe we're responsible for their souls and we're struggling on their behalf because of the sin that they're wrestling with. So we're struggling for them. Amen. Has anybody ever done that for you? <laughs> Have you ever done that for somebody else? Oh, God, it's not brother so-and-so that I'm against. It's this sin that has beset him. It's certainly not my children that I'm against, although sometimes it can feel that way. It's not them. It's not their souls that I'm against. It's the sin that's gripping their lives. So the question is, to what degree am I going to engage that struggle? Am I going to lose heart in that battle for the souls of my children or for my brothers and sisters or for the unsaved people who persecute me, don't understand what I'm doing or whatever? What am I willing to give in that battle? Have I considered the author and the perfecter of our faith? What did he do when he faced that kind of opposition? In your struggle, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your own blood. And you have forgotten that word of encouragement that addresses you as sons. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Because the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as a son. So he's saying even the things that we go through that are just hard. He's saying, how are we going to look at this? Are we going to say, blessed be your name when the sun's shining down, when the world's all as it should be, but also on the road marked with suffering, blessed be your name. This is just, I'm going to take this as a discipline. I'm going to take this as God loving me. Why is it a word of encouragement when God disciplines us? Why is that encouraging? Why does that give us heart? Because he disciplines those he loves. It tells us something about God. It says he cares. He cares. That's why David could say, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Because it says he's there. This is not without purpose. This is not without meaning. He's there. And sometimes the battle gets very intense and you're saying, where is this going? And oh, I don't know what to do with this. And then, and then the Lord steps in, speaks a word. Maybe it's a word of discipline to you. A word of correction that says, that's not the way to handle that. How do we take that? Well, we shouldn't lose heart. We ought to say, thank you, Jesus. Somebody's with me in this. I'm not going through this by myself. God is here with me and he cares. And my brother cares. Somebody cared enough to say something. Somebody corrected me on something just today. And that's exactly how I felt about it. I felt, thank you, Jesus. The next time I'm in that situation, I'm not going to do that because I'm going to remember what was just shared with me. Amen. I'm glad somebody cared about me and about the body enough to point something out to me. But it's really not the natural reaction sometimes, is it? That's why he's telling us in this scripture. He's exhorting us. He's encouraging us not to be discouraged, not to lose heart. Because that's the natural reaction. <sighs> I'm in the middle of something and now this. Yes, you're in the middle of something. That's why we're doing this. 
You see? So that's really the main thing that was on my heart tonight. Lord, I don't want to misread your encouragement. When I pray for encouragement, I want to be ready for the real thing. <laughs> <laughs>